That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion So we were talking the other week about My Baby's Music You know, the Toddler soundtrack And we said, I think we almost mutually agreed when i'm 64 is like tops out of that group of songs it was like this yeah. is the song i can listen to the most the group of songs that she picked mind you that she picked i did not pick these yeah. songs for her this is at the whim of an 18 month old yes uh she dropped that from the rotation it's gone oh fuck so now i'm left with stretch break i'm left with that insane truck song garbage truck yeah 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 you remember it <laughs> How could I forget? It's actually very surreal to me. Like when we were listening through that on the podcast, I was like, am I dreaming right now? Is this real? Like, did Is I bring it this in? It's 5.30 and I haven't woken <laughs> up yet. And it's, and I've been watching a lot of these songs now because I, as I was talking about before we started recording, COVID has once again raged its way through my household. So uh, there's been a lot of TV watching, you know, because like kind of all the, the script goes out the window, you know, when she's sick. So we been watching the same five videos over and over oh, again God. and i didn't even get when i'm 64 mixed in there i was stuck with the other stuff it was it was difficult it's an arduous watch she needs to expand her horizons come on does she listen um, to this podcast i haven't subjected her to it yet no man things are tough in daddy's world things are very tough in daddy's world um, we should change the name of the show to daddy's world Speaking uh, of uh, recapping past episodes, so I talked about Van Morrison last week. I love that. That music was horrible. Absolutely atrocious. Here's the thing. YouTube recently, it knows that I've been checking out Van Morrison, so it showed me uh, <laughs> live at Real World Studios 2021. It was like a full concert, but it was still during COVID, so it was like him and his whole big band just like... Yeah being recorded at some studio in, in England. Fucking sounded Talking amazing. Talking about his new project record. No, he it kept did? his mouth shut. He just sang the songs. It was fucking immaculate. I'm like, oh, this guy, like wow. 78 or whatever, like this guy sounds amazing. His band was great. Uh, he did a song I'd never really heard before, Tore Down a la Rambo. Like that was the first one he opened with. I liked it better than the studio version because the, the original is kind of glossy. And this guy still got it like 100%. Like, I want to just redact mm -hmm. that whole thing. Like, I don't think his legacy ever... is unstained as a whole. Like, I think he's moved past well, the COVID stuff. Like, he's, uh, he's a fucking great singer, songman. I don't think we were saying that, you know, he was done or whatever. I think it was more just that he was making very obvious few choices in his yeah. recordings because i don't think you're gonna go back and listen to what was that like listen to my new project record or whatever that's latest song record was. project volume one right i don't think you're gonna go back to that and be like oh now that i've seen the live show this is amazing you know i think your point was he makes very odd decisions that seem like a giant middle finger and i think they probably are it doesn't mean he's not still you know the, the master i yeah i was like jesus he still sounds amazing he still got it like i thought i'd just click and cringe and he'd like his banter would go on too long and he'd say something stupid and he'd sound sloppy or his band would be sloppy no it was amazing mm. uh i'm still not gonna pay 400 bucks or whatever his ticket price is i'm sure but uh just <laughs> if that if that's the price we pay if that's a small price we pay for that level of talent and genius it's money well spent wow i feel like his nonsense. people got to you 
in between these two episodes. I feel like you were threatened. I, maybe it might have. Yeah. Or he's standing behind you, shaking Oof. his shaking his little fist behind you right now. Robin Swan is dangerous. <laughs> There's been no evidence that gatherings are dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> If I see a little fedora like sitting on the table behind you, I'll know. <laughs> and the sunglasses. Van yeah. Morrison is there, yeah, Oof. threatening you. Hey, uh, what show is this? I guess that's your job Man, to ask I me don't that. even know where I am. Hey, yeah, what show you're, is this? You're, what you're tired. I'll, I'll, I'll cover Who it from am here. I? Yeah, we're, this, is, this is the music podcast. Listen here. This is Losing My Opinion. I am Leonard Bernstein lecture-watching indie artist Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin. I am Leonard Cohen, listening, indie artist Thin Lear, aka Matt Longo. Dude, you ever checked out like uh, clips of Leonard Bernstein, like his lectures at Harvard and stuff, talking He's about intense. Beethoven? And he is it's so intense. I, I was always like Bernstein, what, just a conductor, the guy that waves the wand. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Is he making a movie about him? Who cares? I started checking out his lectures back in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, he's a fascinating man. Just he has such a way of communicating yeah. high concepts in, in classical music. He's like the Mister Rogers of. He is, yeah. He's he amazing because he because he's intense, but he's not severe. Like you don't see him like I don't know piling on somebody. There, there was a um, some clip on Instagram. I, I forget who the singer was, but like the person wasn't doing it the way he wanted them to, and and the way that he kind of broke it down for them was like fairly gentle. Like it didn't seem mm. hostile. Um, that was interesting. I don't know, and I, I know so little about that world. So, yeah. so really like him and maybe a few others are like my only glimpses into it. He's a great introduction. He's just so joyful and succinct and I, I, I'm buying into the hype. I don't know if I'll see the Bradley Cooper movie. I don't know if we want to get into that prosthetic schnoz. <laughs> oh, it's a whole thing. His family said they were cool with it, but you know. It looks a little like the Penguin. I think it, it went a little yeah, overboard, but the movie might still be good. Right, right. Shit. Well, well I've been talking up a storm. Uh, what, what are you coming <laughs> with today? Uh, I have something kind of interesting. I, I, I hope that you haven't heard of this group. Uh, I don't know if you'll agree with me. I think you will. I think it's like pretty blatant what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, everybody loves Tame Impala, right? Uh, are you a fan of this band? Uh, yes. If, if the choice is yes or no, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I've listened to many of his albums, particularly yeah. the earlier stuff. Uh, yes. it's, we're lucky to have him if, considering yeah. how mainstream he is. He, he does interesting stuff. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Those first three records I think are really, really good, especially the first two. Um, they really managed to like click with every generation of music fan. We're not talking about Tame Impala by the way today, but it, it leads into okay. who we're talking about. Lonerism? No. Inner speaker. I love those records. I don't think they, they need us to No, there's nothing really to dig into there, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, it sounds really good. Oh, that's cool, uh, yeah. Brought Psychedelic back into the mainstream. Old heads yes. can enjoy it. New people too, yeah. Exactly. Boomers love when they sound like the Beatles. Millennials still think of them as the indie band they found on Pitchfork. And Gen Z loves them because they're like... Barbie movie. A, sure. And they're, they're like a strong antecedent to the style of production that like dominates Spotify yeah. and modern yep. pop right now, like overblown bottom end with the groove and the twinkling synths and yep. c- can be on in the background, but I don't mean that as a, as a slight. No, no, no. Um, so like maximalist approach. Uh, so what if I told you though, I'm going to lean in for this. What if I told you that in 2004, in 2004, what? a band came out with a record that sounds dangerously close to the entire vibe and songwriting oh, uh, feel of Tame Impala to the point where it's pretty 
it's pretty indecipherable if oh. you're going by and being it. Does the singer sounds like John Lennon too? Or close to? He's got to? the nasal thing. Oh yes. boy. Uh, talking about inner speaker mainly is like the, the sound of Tame Impala. Obviously they grew from that, but like really that, that record and, and um, probably Lonerism too. And hey, guess what? The band is Swedish and they only sing in Swedish. Oh, I know. I know the band. You know where I'm going with this? Dungen. Yes. Yeah, I've never right. heard them though. I just, I'm aware of, you never heard? I know I had friends who were fans of them. Maybe I tried one song, something happened and didn't click, but it's, it's not surprising to me. Yeah. That you're bringing yes, them up. That's right. Listener today, we're talking about Dungan. Uh, the band is fronted by, and I'm certainly going to mangle this as well as all their song titles, Gustav Ejthes. Uh The songs are completely in Swedish. Uh, they came out with this record called, uh, yeah, yeah. Ta det lugt, lugt, in 04. Uh, that was their breakthrough in the indie world. That's how I heard about mm, them. Yep. Um, they're still releasing music. It's still very good. They've consistently made strong records over the years. But I want to talk about this 04 record because it's like several years before the formation of Tame Impala or before Kevin Parker started you know, recording a bunch of stuff uh, by himself. And, and there's a, such a strong influence there that you can really draw a straight line between these two bands, minus the language. But that's the only bit. Um, even the vocal inflection, because you said, is this like a Lennon thing? Um, it's the nasally melodic Beatles thing. And, and yeah, you could argue there are plenty of bands that do that. But I'd say not in this way, not with that kind of production. This feels like kind of an uncanny comparison. Mm. I will also say, um, I don't want to do a whole like, I'm trashing them thing. You know, th this comparison is not to say that Tame Impala stole a sound. Sure. Uh, they were heavily influenced by them. I'm not a fan of these arguments like musicians stole this or that vibe, unless it's like an unequivocal rip. Right. Or we're talking about like exploitation or something. Unless it's like, oh, they could be sued. Like this could be a lawsuit. Yeah. Exactly. If it's a vibe, like that's what music is. Like it's a blend of influences. People take it in different directions and sometimes it's half an inch over. Sometimes it's 10 miles over. Um, these bands are also big fans of each other. So like there's no animosity. Kevin Parker, he's not hiding this. He's been really vocal about the influence this band had on them. Um, and, and the Dungan fellas have been vocal supporters of Tame Impala for a while being like, yeah, we dig it. So there's, there's a, you know, respect there. It's just fun to think about this existing fully formed in 2004, like out of the embers of the garage rock revival, they're like doing their thing and it's happening in Sweden. And now it's like blowing up everybody's Spotify playlist, you know? So sure. it's, it's just very, very strange. I want to start with a song that we could probably even AB with an inner speaker tune. Uh, Dungan's song is called Panda. Um, the song for starters is an incredible tune, just a fun psychedelic rush um, production feels like really modern, vibrant, um, probably because the, it's of its time because of what Tame Impala have done and, and you know, bringing that whole thing forward. Um, and these vocals are just like a dead ringer for Kevin Parker. It's just like if Kevin Parker was Swedish. You might have to fast forward a little. That's all part of the journey, man. How long is this drum solo though? Uh, I don't remember. Oh wow, yeah. 
Yeah, man, right? <laughs> This is just like Beatles Revolver B-side. Like yeah. Really melodic and that that bass is incredible. Those drums are incredible. Um, I love yeah. it. And How many like, people in the band? I think there's four of them. So it's not just like the product of one guy mainly, like the way Tame and Paul is. It's not a Kevin Parker thing. Right, no, it's not like a you know, just one one dude building it out. It's like a real band, and I think you can hear that. Oh, that's that's real stuff, though. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, and it's like, damn, you know, when you first hear, <laughs> you, you had the same reaction I did, because like, I, I I knew of this band, I heard that record. It was I heard it in like '05 or '06 or something like that, and it was through like a Pitchfork kind of situation, um, and I really liked it, and then I didn't come back to it, and then I heard Inner Speaker, and I didn't make the connection until. You know, probably a few years after that, I remembered this band. And I was listening. I was like, "Wait, <laughs> I was is like, that Dungan? Like, if you Dungan? if you a b that with like um, a tune from Inner Speaker, you would hear like it's 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 all there. Like, the language is different. The language that's is different. That's it. kind of it. Like all the other elements. Like, and you're a fan of Inner Speaker, and I think that's important because like maybe you could listen to like you know Let It Happen or whatever, and be like, I don't really hear it that much. Right when or when even, it got synthy keyboardy, exactly. Yeah, when it when it was still this kind of like surf rocky vibe, this is like, this is it. <laughs> now, for anybody listening who isn't familiar with Tame Impala's Inner Speaker, should we play some of that? Is there like a particular yeah. track we could point to 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 get people yeah understanding what we're talking about here? Let's listen to the song "Desire Be, Desire Go." I think that song it kind of encapsulates the vibe of Inner Speaker, and I think you'll hear. You'll hear what we're talking about, or I, I hope you will. So, all right, this is a good five, six, eh, four, five years difference here. Yeah. Different parts of the globe. Tame Impala, obviously, is a lot more popular and well-known than Dungan. Yes. But uh, both these album covers are awesome. It's it's the same, like, Tight. nature of fractal thing. Yeah, that, both, that, was, uh, that was big in those yeah. years. Yeah, you saw that a lot. <laughs> listen to Dungan, I can hear them being a band, and I hear this as a solo project. Oh, yeah, I kind of get what you mean. 
explains that, but because it, it's like it, because it's it's you know it's not stiff. He still his playing is amazing, but it's just it sounds more separate. I think yeah. they're they're playing is they're stepping on each other, and, and you hear that um, the uh, interaction between the players. I think here you just hear you hear the parts. I mean, both are awesome, but like they, they sound like a band. Yeah, that's an interesting distinction. Yeah, this this still hits pretty good. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. Wow. So what what? Uh, how long have you been aware of this similarity here? When when did this really stand out to you? Sometime in the 2010s, when I came back to Dungan, it was like, oh wait, they did they did that. You know, and I looked around, and yeah, these bands talk about each other, and there are some people like on Reddit or whatever who are like, "It's one to one." You know, I don't necessarily. Again, mm. I, I'm not calling it out because I'm trying to call out Kevin Parker. Like, the guy's right, and great. Kevin Parker has done very different things for like at least right. five, yeah. ten years now at this point. But I, I still think that this is the this kind of these elements are the foundation of everything he built on top of it. So, um, I guess what's my argument today? I, let's give Dungan some credit for a bit of a shout out. Yeah. What has happened? I, I, cause I think it's not just that it's not just that Tame Impala is a big band. It's like a Mac DeMarco thing where it's like their influence on where music has gone has been like really intense for better or for worse. They're great. I think it has inspired a lot of that same sound. Um, so, you know, let's attribute some of that to, to Duncan. Yeah. Just the same way we should uh, give a little more shout-outs to Hosono Haraomi, who inspired Mac DeMarco so intensely, yeah. Sure. I was watching this uh, um, this video, actually, the Elliot Roberts guy, who does those great Beatles uh, things yep, on, on YouTube. Yeah. He uh, he was talking about uh, Hosono, that, that record that has um, uh, Sportsman. Uh, oh, I forget yeah, the name of it. the weird one. Yeah. He was talking about how you can kind of draw a line between that and um, McCartney 2. And sort of like that, like early... McCartney 2 came first, but yeah, like the idea of yeah. really talented tunesmiths being like, well, what can all the synthesizers <laughs> and computers do? Let's go in a weirdo <laughs> land. Yeah. Exactly. And they still made great, like tight pop songs yeah, with just yeah. like weird elements. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Let's listen to one more Dungan song. All right. um, a song called Festival. It even sounds like a Tame Impala song title. There's a swing in the drums here. And it really, it's, that sticks around for this whole record. This whole album is great. Uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. Most of their music is really solid. They have a uh, cover of the Aphex Twin song, Alberto Balsam. Oh, one of the best ones, yeah. Yeah, amazing, amazing song. All right, we got to hear that after this. We should hear <laughs> that after. At some point, while we're still uh, on the subject. Oh, it's so good. Their version, it sounds exactly how you hope it would sound. It's, they make it like jazzy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, before we get to that, this so another original from Todd at by Dungan uh, called Festival. Uh, let's check this shit out. Yep. Oh 
harmonies. If this was in English and I never heard this record, I'd be like, oh, is that from Innerspeaker? Yeah. They don't have any songs in English though, do they? Not on this record? I, I, I think mostly they don't. Yeah, that's why they're not as well known. Yeah. It could have been a cigarette thing though, you know? All I hear is a good time in the studio. <laughs> These guys have the freaking times of their lives. Listen to that. That's nice. Piano. I am downloading this from Spotify as soon as we get off the call here. <laughs> That's good stuff. Let's listen to the Aphex Twin cover because it's just such a weird choice. I mean, I mean, for a band to say, yeah, we're going to cover yeah. Aphex Twin and make it strong, and they just do it. So Aphex Twin, freaky electronic music dude. This is one of the catchier, like more mellow compositions of his. And other Aphex Twin covers I've heard in general always do tend to lean towards the, what if this was a jazz song right. side? Yeah. Like the Bad Plus and, and all that. Oh, yeah. But I'm trying to imagine like a psych rock. It, it's, it is it is this. Like it, once you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's they did exactly what I thought they'd do. version of the song also here on YouTube. <laughs> been a gift it's nice you're turning me on to some good stuff here yeah just let's give Duncan some credit if you think about what else was around at that time in 04 it was like just post garage rock revival burnout and you had bands like TV on the radio Arcade Fire going far elsewhere but I think Yankee Hotel Foxtrot in that I think these guys took though elements of that revival and kind of made it psychedelic and then Tame Impala took that and turned it into Spotify Gold. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my story for today. Well, there. Yep, Dungan's still going. 
uh, most recent album from 2022. Yeah, they're still I'd doing that thing. And the records are, are all really good. Like it's just, it's, it's solid stuff. Uh, they're very consistent. Um, it is like that sound, you know, I don't think you, you, you're not going to get like a million different diverse elements from them, but if you're in the mood for that, sure. it, it's going to deliver. I'm all about it. Great. So what have you been listening to this week? As you yawn at me, as you have the audacity <laughs> to openly yawn at me. Listen, my opinion. Hey man, it's been a long week. Uh, yeah. Well, I will say your no your your segment flew by. That was a delightful journey that ended all too soon. Mm-hmm. I hope I can fill the rest of this uh, episode here. Uh, so what what have I been listening to? What's been on my mind? Well, sir, um, there's no way you would have known this because I didn't tell you, but I did recently observe my thirtieth birthday this week. <laughs> you didn't tell me. Uh, happy birthday. I feel Thank terrible. You. Happy belated birthday. What, what day was it? Oh, it was only Friday. Oh, okay. I didn't miss it by that much. I don't know how to tell people about it without being like, so now you're going to say happy birthday, right? Oh, like, uh, I was born. Like, you know, I was born the other day. I, I was born many was years born ago on this day. Yeah. Yeah. But so, you know, I am 30 now, which is people, some people will say that's supposedly old. Mm. Um, if you're trying to like hang out with college kids, I think young, yes. younger people younger than 30 say that. <laughs> Yeah, people younger but, than 25 say that. People between 25 and 30 yeah. are just thinking about turning 30. Yeah, my my back, my lower back's just doing fine. No yeah. problems there. You're, you're limber. You're spry. I'm limber. I'm spry. There's a lot of a lot of gas left in the tank, so this isn't a whole, sure. not a whole affair or anything. But I was thinking a little bit about the nature of nostalgia. Hmm. You know, looking back, times that were and are not now. Um, Are you going to play some piano music under this part? <laughs> I uh, I would not be the first person to suggest this by any means, but I think nostalgia takes like 20 years to really crystallize. Like, a, like there's a period of sure. time, and then I think like 20 years has to go by before it's like, all right, we, we, we get what that was all about. We got all the cliches locked down. Mm-hmm. We know all the shortcuts to represent this period of time culturally. Um, you, you seemed already That's fair. Be on board with this theory. It's happening faster now, though. I, I, I think mm. uh, you know, with like TikTok and stuff like that, like there's already nostalgia for like 2010 or whatever, which feels like it's not that long ago to me. But sure, uh, I think things happen at such a rapid pace that it's just you know, yeah, yeah. The the internet's going to do that. But if we're talking about like mainstream, say Hollywood depictions sure. of. Let's say, like, I think we're just starting to get to the point where we're we're doing that with the early 2000s. Yeah. I know there's the movie Lady Bird, but it's like, in general, we're starting to have shorthand for what all the tropey, funny, dated things were about that era, mm-hmm. and certainly the music and culture, fashion, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm starting to see that play out, yeah. you know, in yeah. the zeitgeist. Um, we're not quite there yet with the late 2000s. Would you agree? Agree. Yeah. We're not, that, that's common. Uh, what I thought would be interesting to do today, because late 2000, say 2009, I was 15 going on 16. So that's kind of the, the time where you're like. 13 going on 30. You know, when you're 15, that's the time when you're really taking it all in, especially if you're uh, an aspiring sort of indie music connoisseur or someone who just wants to 
get to know what's going on in the culture. That's when it feels really all vital and important and relevant to you, I would think, is your, you know, that mid-teens period. You can just say weird. You can just say weird. <laughs> I think we'd all get the rest of sure, it from sure. Um, but we're, we're not quite there yet with, with how, how do we represent that time period? We're not quite yet thinking of it mm-hmm. the same way we'll th- we're going to think about the 80s and 90s, but we will. And I'm getting ahead of the game because today I want to show you songs that, for better or for worse, are gonna. I think particularly encapsulate yeah. that period of time, that era. Okay. Um, this is like you know, if you were to make a movie about that takes place in that time, ten, twenty years from now, you you could put these songs in the soundtrack. Everybody back from back in the day would know what you were doing. So what's the what's the span again? What's what's the span of years? I mean, really, we're just looking specifically at the late 2000s. late 2000s. Almost all these songs I'm showing today are 2009. Okay. It's it's that brief window of time, but early Obama years. We can okay. water it down to that. We're not doing mid-2000s, so I'm not doing fucking... <laughs> I'm not doing young folks. Oh, I didn't hear any of that. I didn't hear it. You, just, you were just moving your head around. I was like, okay, I don't know what this, this is supposed to signify. Zoom didn't pick it up. I'm not doing the, the young folks song. Okay. Uh, I'm not doing float on, mm, you know what I'm saying here. Yeah. Turn my camera on. I'm not doing that. That's mid 2000s. Oh. Um, We're not doing that. We're doing late 2000s. All right, so so what, what immediately comes to mind for you, I should ask? All right. So let's say I'm writing a screenplay for a, a movie about Occupy Wall Street right now. Mm-hmm. This, and it's this not is, the big short. It's not the big short. This is going to be the soundtrack. Okay. That's what, I'm, that's what, the, what I have in my head. That's what, sort of what I'm sure. thinking. Like, sort yeah, of the, we can roll that, that era. Okay. Alternately, if you and I. Of course, this is such a dated reference, but if you and I, if you and I were selling CD box sets on PBS, <laughs> I still am. I'm 50 selling years from now <laughs> CDs now. Yeah, I sell the glorious sounds of the. Remember the Great Recession? More like great playlist of songs. Like you know, if we were doing that shit. What, what playlist obsession? What's like? A, oh, I remember that tune. Kind of choice, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking a lot of Phoenix. Because I remember, like, those songs were just every... Oh, and the XX. Yeah. I heard the XX constantly. Oh, the XX, certainly. Phoenix, I very easily could have included Listomania in this list. You're you're on the right track. A lot of Mumford and Sons. I remember that, that dude screaming. Yeah. Are they... They're that... They go back that far? I don't really know any Yeah, Mumford I think that, they had a songs. huge record that came out in 2009. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that would fit... Um, Yes, you're you're knocking it out of the park so far. You you get where I'm coming from. But I really I wanted these choices especially to be like so I, I didn't pick any songs or artists that I still listen to and keep up with now. Oh, so you're like this is very much stuck in that right. time. And a, a lot of the artists I'll show you, like they continued to do stuff, but it's just like you know, like if I play Mary Weather Post Civilian, it's like that song exists for me. That song, that album exists for me out of that specific right, time. Right, like it's, it's just part of you, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole ongoing legacy. You know, there's sure. there's some artists like that. This is like, these are songs I haven't thought about in a long time. And we're talking mainstream, right? Like, we're not we're not focusing on, like, uh, Vectimist or whatever. Like, it's this... In indie mainstream. I'm not doing, I'm so 2008. Okay, right, so yeah, okay, so I was wondering late. if we're, we're not doing that shit. go, like, yeah. really hardcore top 10. Stuff. No, we're not doing tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because that. Yeah. Really, the movie is going to be full of those songs, though. But we are young tonight. Um, oh, I forgot. Vampire Weekend. Stuff. Yeah, Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend. That's like Animal Collective. Dominated for me. 2008. Yes, absolutely. But that's another like. 
Again, this is arbitrary. It just it helped me okay. narrow down my selection for today. But it, Vampire Weekend is still like they could drop an album tomorrow, and I'd pay attention. Okay, you know they're still they still got a thing going I'm on. This is like curious to see who who you deem as sort of not sure. not able to break out of that time. No, it, it it's it's very relative the, for you. Yeah. yeah, for me, like the you know especially one of these artists I have in here, they're still. Going, they're not irrelevant, okay. but it's just in my mind, it's like this they're is there. when they were in the yeah. zeitgeist. This okay. is when they were really the the shit. Sure, let's let's do it. Um, so I, I, it's a couple of songs that I don't really like, and then a couple of songs I'm pretty into. I, I'm bouncing back and forth. I'm trying to run the gamut here. Okay, yeah. uh, lay it on me. So the first the first song from my you said you're writing a screenplay. What, yeah, what, right. What's the, the movie I'm doing about? This, so it's a screenplay. It's about uh, Occupy Wall Street. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's the story of how I founded the movement and saw it through, right? I'm the hero. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, okay, before so before we got it all taken away from you, taken away from me. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting to what was it? Zucchini Park, Zuccotti Park. I get there, and I'm just, kind of, I'm sort of looking at the space now. I'm trying to figure it out from a feng shui perspective. Is this sure, going to be sure. right for what I'm trying to do? Where are we going to have the drum circles? Right, where we have the drum circles. Yeah, where's Jeff Mangum going to walk in? Uh, and this song, okay, so now this is the song that's playing as I'm sort of scouting out yeah. locations. Indeed. You know what else I think of when I think of 08? What's I that? was following the eye, was following Oh, yeah, of course. The, which is one of my Fleet least Foxes, favorite yeah. Fleet Foxes songs, uh, even though I really like <laughs> them. Uh, I think because I heard that song so much. They had to get their commercial footing somehow. That was the, that was the one. That was the song, yeah. All right, so we're starting. We're starting with a song that really just rubs me the wrong way, but I don't mm. know if I can really call it bad. But okay, <laughs> "Walking on a Dream" by Empire of the Sun. I don't even know this song, so you do though. Okay, is this the band where the guys like really jacked now? I don't know. They're Australian. Okay. memory here no I, I, yeah i don't like this yeah it sucks yeah it's like so this. catchy at all and you know what i hear it all the time on, yeah you do on like now on social media i hear it all the time There was a time when this sound was like it. Like this is the sound and now this is a relic. Well, isn't it like um, what came out of the embers of the first MGMT record and they stopped making that Miraculous music? Or Spectacular was fucking huge. Great. Yeah, that Great was record, but a then lot of people they were like, yeah, we're done with that. that. And then you have six million bands like this that came out. Yep. Yeah, I think I've had enough of this. This is like I heard this so many times <laughs> in yeah. cafes and running for the three little bit. Nah, three it's little not bit. it for me. All right, so that was 2009. In case anybody, damn, uh, that was, was too young. Fucking rough. Yeah, <laughs> yep. 
uh, Empire of the Sun, two Australian dudes dressing like they're from Mortal Kombat and <laughs> trolling around China. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that that was that. That 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 seemed to set something off in you. I did not like that. No, I can't say I, I, I don't associate that song with that era because I didn't really hear it much then. I hear it now, mm. though, and I, I thought it was mm. more recent. Okay. All right, so maybe a bit of a swing and a miss there. Uh, you're going to like this next tune. Okay. I, I, gun to my head, I, I like it. Like, if you put it on at a party, it's, it's fun. Um, little old band who, for a little while, I thought would be the next incarnation of Animal Collective, the, the spiritual successor, a band called Passion Pit. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. From Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, is he from Cambridge, Massachusetts? It's like your mm-hmm. your home hometown hero. Home state. He had that record called Gossamer that I uh, had in my collection and enjoyed. And he was in a Taco yeah. Bell commercial, which is, I don't know mm-hmm. why that's one of the main things I'm remembering about it. They made a, a pretty big splash back in the day, Passion Pit. Uh, I didn't I didn't ever really check out Gossamer, but I did check out Manners, uh, which came out in 2009. They had some power. They were like, oh, this is like pop. Like they're ready to catch the nation by storm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a song called The Reeling. Mm. I thought we might check that out. Totally. I don't know that song. Um, I feel like you, you'll recognize it once. We, I probably yeah. do. Yeah, I knew the last one. This guy's he's a cool guy. I forget his name. Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Something Greek. Jeez, man. Just the bare minimum of research. <laughs> I, I don't know. You are right. I'm gonna look it one up guy. out of respect of the artist. No, it's a whole band. But yeah, but he's they're... like the the main thrust of it. Yes, he's the main thrust. He's Michael Angelikos. Yes. Angelikos. Yeah, he seemed quite, he spoke out a lot about like mental yeah. health and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Before other indie artists were really doing that. Um Yes. Yeah, I like him as a as a person. A lovely pop music gentleman. Um, last album came out in 2017. I hope huh. they keep doing stuff in the future. Uh, this this is when they were the sh- they were the toast of the town, the the dorm room Cambridge. town. Yeah, with <laughs> with uh, with manners and a few different songs, but definitely uh, this song, the reeling. Let's okay. check it out. music doesn't sound like this anymore I think yeah I remember this too it wasn't ubiquitous for me though it was in my neck of the woods but again I lived in a college town That chorus. Look at me, look at me. It's this the way I've always been. Oh, 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 oh,
did people talk about them as um, like the next animal collective? I don't remember that time. They they had some juice. They were they were like a natural recommendation to give after like do you right. like Meriwether Post Pavilion? Check out this next band. I feel like Blocks were were talking that way and they did a lot of the same gigs and I, I don't know, there's other bands you could compare them to for sure. Yeah. Uh I associate them with like uh that band Cut Copy. If you remember oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, for like, sure. It's just like really yeah. easy. Like really easy to enjoy. Uh just goes down smooth. So are you with me so far that there's there's something in the air with Yeah, I know with, what you're uh, doing. Neither yeah. of those songs for me were like re- are representative of that era, but like the sound of those especially that one, this that sound, yes. Like that is oh eight, oh nine. For sure. What? Yeah. What? What is that sound? What are What are those qualities? If we can put it into words. Um. It's like people taking stuff that was a little more left of center and bringing it more towards the center and making it more joyous. And you know, it's the Matt and Kim thing, right? Like it's, it's people sort of taking indie music that came a few from a few years prior and just pushing it a little closer to the mainstream. Yeah, and having fun with synths and drum machines too. That goes without saying. Yeah, this is the beginning of not being able to tell if a band was on like an indie label or Atlantic, you know, but it, just based yeah, on the sound, yeah. like it started to get a little bit harder this a time. Murky, uh, well, I think this next song, I'm hoping this gets a reaction out of you. This is like, I, I, I'm not too big of a fan of it, but I feel like this is like the sound was what everybody was chasing back in this time, late 2000s. Okay. Like I feel like Hollywood heard the song and they lost their shit. Like, oh, we could. This is the sound of young people having fun. Put it in a Coca-Cola commercial. Uh, the song is "Sweet Disposition" oh, by the Temper yes. Trap. Yes. Okay. This one is. <laughs> this is the one on every level. I'm 100 percent with you because I heard it constantly. It was in that movie uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer," which I do yeah. associate with that time period pretty strongly. And it was in every commercial and, and movie trailers. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a bad song. Aren't these guys also no. Australian? <laughs> yes, they are. Wow. Fucking Aussies taking wow, over. Wow, they were taking over. Time, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, don't, I don't dislike wolf it. Wolf Mother, too. <laughs> I kind of like one, one of those Wolf Mother songs. Uh, yeah, but th- this track is like, yeah, it's interesting. It's well put together. It's, um, I think of them as like, in my brain, they're probably not a one-hit wonder. I'm sure they have a bunch of music, but like... Yeah, they got a, got a few albums, uh, yeah. I associate it with, um, yeah, sort of s- just standout songs of that era. Uh, I, I don't know much else from them. All right, well, let's take a trip down memory lane, shall we? <laughs> that delay is just, yeah. I mean, you can't... It's Edge from YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, he's, he's in the sphere right now. They're stuck in the sphere. Angelic voice. People running on the beach. I 
mean, Kings of Leon, like, sort of made that oh. staple of their sound. Oh, here we go. I remember that. When you said the song, that was the part I thought. <laughs> I always think of this part. A lot of these drum beats. Where are we at in the uh, screenplay at this point? I just got my heart broken by someone I was oh, yeah. protesting with. Yeah, you, you break up with a girl and then you protest too hard afterward because you're, you're too angry. I protested like a maniac. Yeah. And then you get arrested. Mm-hmm. And you spit on the cops, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's really, that's like my, my character's uh, nadir. And then we bring it back around from there. Yeah. It's all coming together. Um, yeah, well, all right, so that was a slam dunk. So you, you get the vibe I'm Oh, totally, going for. yeah. No, that one, you don't have to play anything else. Like, that song sort of encapsulates everything I think we were talking about is is more of that sound we were hearing from Passion Pit, like, even more so. It's, like, less electronic, because there was it was less electronic then. You know, like, some of the indie bands were doing that, but I think for the most part, I remember there being, like, in terms of what was really popular, a lot of bands still, a lot of real drums. Band bands, yeah. yeah. Even the XX, who had, um, you know, obviously strong elements of uh, electronica, still sounded like a band. Indubitably. Um, yeah, this is... What, what, the, the, the sound that we, 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 we know. What are the... I'm still trying to, like, f- put my finger on, like, other labels or terms so you could hang on it. Mm. It's, it's optimistic... Yeah, it's it's, More so it's, it's very even later, when it's wistful, or? it's like pretty positive, catchy stuff. I mean, I think like MGMT, you know, it's like big, buoyant, buoyant, mm. catchy. It's not hard to get into this. Like we talk about indie music of the '90s, like damn, like there's some bands that are challenging to shit. get into. Yeah. If I think of like you know '07 to '09, I'm I'm the bands that I indie bands I like from that era are really like. You listen and you like yeah, it. Yeah, pretty easy on the ears. You know, it's not it's not challenging in the same way. It's not bad, but you know. Well, you're gonna love this last song I picked. This is everything was leading up to this. This this song, however much it got attention back in the day, it should it should be a radio staple or whatever the current version of radio is. Like this song should have an Apple playlist staple. This song, I hopefully. Maybe maybe it's been the case. Should be paying this artist grocery bills for the rest of their life. This is just Probably Stone Cold is. classic. Yeah, should be played as often as you hear all those you know worn out Fleetwood Mac tunes or whatever. Like this is just can't fuck with this. Uh, Daniel by Bat for Lashes. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah, this is a bit more underground, I think, than you know the, the uh, Sweet Disposition is like that nails it because it's ubiquitous for everybody pretty much. The, yeah. This one I, I like. It is representative of that sound. I didn't hear it quite as much, though. It could have been more ubiquitous, yeah. Could have it's been. just such a flawless pop tune. Uh, Natasha Khan, I think is their, her name, from, uh, from Jolly Old England. She's still active today, yeah, released yeah. a lot of albums. This is uh, an older one. This is from 09, uh, the album Two Sons. 
the song is Daniel. This is just eternal classic. Like if you, if I really wanted to open up like a nightclub, spe- like specifically aimed at, I guess now 35, 40 year olds, like this is the song you play. <laughs> it's a rocking uh, nightclub. The song's just great. Like it's flawless. She really gives Kate Bush a run for her money. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can hear that. Weird opening. Last time you heard this one, a long time. It's been a long time. This is a cool record overall. Builds up slowly, nicely. I was thinking of that I forgot about that I really do associate with this time is you remember Lee K. Lee? I remember seeing the name and being like, how do you say that? It's all wise and case. I think that's how you say it. I, yeah, I, know, I never checked him out. Uh, kind of rolled in with Peter Bjorn and John. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, really like um, watery, reverby, cool pop music. Yeah, she's great. How, how much also does this owe itself to the 80s? Or like, what are the key differences you know i remember thinking at the time like oh there's like 80s elements here hearing it now i don't really feel the same way i'm not sure something else yeah, yeah. time uh time reveals curious things so maybe name of your next album that's boring um <laughs> but yeah it's uh so am i on the money here are yeah. all these songs as we kind of rediscover this era finally compartmentalize it put it in context these you're these on the money overall gonna, I think the passion pit choice, passion pit just as a concept is great. Great for that. Oh, okay. no, no, perfect for that as a concept. Maybe not that one song. I would maybe pick, um, you know, walk it off or whatever that Taco Bell higher song is. Higher and higher and higher. Um, but sweet disposition, that is like dead on in every <laughs> way. Like that's just like, oh yeah, yeah, no, it's two thousand eight. That was that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A laugh, a moment. Yeah, they went for it there. He did. That guy went for it. It sounds good. Yeah. It's a good song. 
Um, yep, that that's my my look back at a, a soon to be that the nostalgia for this era, however, fading, distant, yeah, decaying memory. Yeah, before we commercialize it and you know film it and and do all that we're gonna do with it. I got yeah. in here first to tell you how to soundtrack it. Well, I think Sweet Disposition has already been pretty commercialized, but uh, <laughs> again, a second time in my upcoming film, Zuccotti Park, A Love Story. Sure. And again, it's like, I, I heard all these songs at the time being like, oh, this is the new thing. This is like where things are going. And now you're hearing it like, oh, that that's some old shit. Like, we don't do that anymore, or we've moved on from that. So it's, right. it comes off differently. And that's, you know, as you age, that's an interesting distinction to notice. True, true. I, I think we've learned a lot today from these segments. Yeah. I think we were able to encapsulate what it meant to be alive at that time. I think we also... I did it, did it in a half hour. A tidy half hour. Yeah. Um, what was I my segment again? Dungan. Oh, yeah, you learned about Dungan. I, I got to get back to Tata. Give him some credit, folks. Whatever. Give him some credit. They are easy on the ears. I, I, w- I want to check them out in depth now. Like, if you found out there was a guy named, like, Flack DeFarco or whatever. <laughs> Flack DeFarco. Four years before him. Love him. And it was, like, yeah. a, a Norwegian guy who was just making that music. You know, I think we'd talk about it. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's a cool tidbit. And they're a great band. Definitely worth bringing on the show, giving them a shout-out. Yeah. We we did good here today. Uh, hey, listener, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, if you want to make sure you hear all future episodes, go ahead and subscribe on your platform of choice. You can follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, TikTok, or Uno X. I was trying to do it. You know what I was trying to do with Dose You're trying. Thing yeah, there. that's fine. We'll, we'll let it slide. And uh, yeah, I said 2009 was all about fucking Empire of the Sun and their nonsense. And I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Yeah, I won't be listening to that song again. Uh, and I'll say so long, suckers. We'll see you next week. Well, I-